The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement on Federal News Network. Off the Shelf gives a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Roger speaks to members and government officials about procurement policy, trends, innovations, and debates. Now your host, Roger Waldron. Today my guest on Off the Shelf is Joanne Wojtek. Joanne is the NASA Soup Program Director, the oldest and largest government-wide information technology contracting program. Joanne, uh, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome back. Thank you for having me be here. Yeah, uh, yeah well, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Uh, it's, a, um, uh, it's a time sort of, I guess, of transition a bit, right, for the program. You're getting ready. You know, I know you've got a, lo- uh, a relatively reasonably, uh, reasonable lead time to, to the next contract, um, so, and I know you're conducting industry days and that sort of thing, but let's just start with some of the basic keys and characteristics of, uh, NASA soup five, uh, in terms of its scope, uh, breadth, number of contractors, things like that. Sure. So the, the soup contracts, uh, solutions for enterprise wide procurement, uh, went out of NASA. Uh, we're in our fifth iteration. Seems like it was just yesterday, but it's been almost eight years now um, in, in existence at the Soup 5. Um, we are, uh, uh, the, the broad statement of our scope is anything in the, uh, any product solution, uh, which is any product or services that are based on products um, within the information technology, uh, communications, and AV world. Um, all of that is within scope. We have about three and a half million products on scope. We have 140 contract holders. Those were the companies that were awarded contracts back in 2015 through a competitive process. Uh, but um, on top, as part of those contracts, um, we are continuously adding companies as providers, um, either original equipment manufacturers or resellers um, or service providers who, um, who sell their products um, services through those 140 contracts. Currently up to about 9,100 um, I think on Monday, we added about 15 new companies. <laughs> uh, on average, we added about five new companies a day um, to to that list of 140 contract holders. Um, we are used by every government agency um, and um, in about 60,000 uh, orders and mods a year, up to uh, well over 10 billion in the past couple of fiscal years, and right now heading to about 11 billion uh, this year is my, my current prediction. Um, Depending, of course, on how the government does in its uh, in continuing to operate and, and be right, and be, uh, yeah, budgeted. yeah, we got <laughs> yeah. There's some events coming up this summer that perhaps may uh, put a damper on things, and we'll see how yes. that goes. But um, but you know, you, I know you were talking. Um, there's some of the numbers that are pretty impressive in terms of like one of the things you've mentioned is how many new customers are added. Right. Each day, literally, and how many items are changing in and out, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, I just also know before you get into that is that I think your I think your contract, right? I think you, your contract vehicle and maybe schedules are the only two vehicles out there that really have actually been used by every fe- federal en- entity you yes. can think of. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, yeah, it, it makes it it's both uh, interesting and makes it difficult. You have to deal with everybody. And yeah, we add about 50 new customers every day from across the government, 
hospital uh, landscape. Um, so it's uh, it, and dynamic. Dynamic is obviously the main word that goes with soup. We're always evolving to fit the needs of our customers, both in technology and and offerings, and and, and in the scope of, of where we are with Soup Five. Um, and then as we go into new transitions, we we always look at how to improve that also. So um, we don't tend to sit still in, a, in any fashion. Um, and tend to move quickly and um, to support hopefully the IT exits and the government customers. Right. So uh, your customer base, um, which is broad, you know, everybody, yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. But um, who your biggest sort of, I mean, interesting who your biggest customers mm-hmm. are and what's, and beyond right. that, the DOD versus civilian agency split. The DOD, I believe it's probably still around 40% of our business is from all of the DOD, um, Army, Air Force, Navy, De- Defense Department, all the various uh, pieces therein. Um, but Veterans Affairs is our second biggest customer, um, having a, a fairly high percentage. And then and then we get into some of the um, cabinet level um, folks. Uh, and I don't know, this is not in, in the order, but... Um, Department of Justice, Department of State, uh, Health and Human Services. Um, I'm going to forget a few of them. Um, Department of Commerce, um, Department of Interior. Those are, are some of our biggest customers. One of the one of the big changes over the past two years, um, the DHS was typically down at the bottom of our usage. They are now mm-hmm. in the top ten, um, so they have uh, caught on to <laughs> to the goodness of soup and have have gotten utilizing us and leveraging what we have to provide them um, in more ways than, than, than prior to this. Yeah, that's great. And because I was going to, I was listening to your list and I was like, where's DHS? And ah, there, there <laughs> yes. it is. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, and I know one of the things that I, uh, that um, I think I understand that your customers appreciate besides the, you know, the, the, the availability of the products, the rapid um, customer service, and that sort of thing is also you do a lot of data um, collection and reporting back to both OMB and to your customers. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, yeah, I, I think part of the growth and we had a tremendous growth in Soup 5. Um, and part of it was a decision at the beginning of Soup 5. Well, as, as we went into Soup 5 to instead of taking the route of not knowing anything, which has the advantage of not being able to say anything. Um, we switched completely over. Now we know as much as we possibly can about what's going on on the contracts, um, in terms, especially in terms of ordering. But um, we even have uh, we have CIOs who are getting in, and CXOs. It doesn't have to be a CIO. Some some of it's procurement. Sometimes it's uh, somebody else within an agency who wants reports on on their agency usage and where IT is is going and uh, and such. And we have able to provide that at the clin level, but um, we, we not only just provide reports, we have dashboards for CXOs within their, for their agency so they can go in and, and you know, fiddle around with, with what they're looking at. Um, and we even have a few uh, agencies that have asked for like RFQ information so they can even watch as, as requests are coming into our system from their agency, uh, what's happening so they can be proactive if they need to be in terms of making sure it fits their you know, agency requirements and such. So we're trying to, um, without without getting in the way of acquisition, making sure that the flow of information is as broad as possible to those people who need to know and and track and you know and, and follow the right policies and such. Right. That's um. You know that data. That's it. Seems to me that well, that's good. You know, business for and 
clearly your customers like it. Um, but it's also like it fits within the context of OMB's sort of approach to category management and best in class and all that sort of thing. Is that right? Right. To say? So, yes. Yes. And we obviously, since we can give that information to the customers, we can also give the information OMB needs from us um, for what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, and that goes to like, I know strategic, the strategic vehicle for workstations. Is that yeah. part of this as well? Yeah. Yeah. We do have a, um, as, as do the other IT GWAX, um, have a, and um, I guess Army ITES, we, we all work together every year to do what's called the government strategic solutions for laptops and desktops. Um, we are currently, I think it's the 10th iteration, um, but um, we're working on the next iteration. We're continuously going back with industry and trying to come up with uh, a, a suite of um, technical specifications for the most common types of laptops and desktops being bought. And then, and then providing that to our customers as a separate way to purchase versus going out and trying to figure it out themselves. Um, and then, and then of course we can, we do monthly reports on, on our usage to OMB um, on, on how that is going. Yeah. I remember then when you guys kicked that off and it was like a, a family of contract vehicles trying to right. come up with some standard configurations that people could then order across all the different platforms and you try. Right, and that. that's still, yeah. And, and seven years, eight years later, it's still working that way. A good, a good combination of people. Uh, Betsy Circa, my staff, is uh, one of the leaders of that effort, making sure that, um, you know, they're, they're, they're all working together, but also going out to industry. It's not just the, the agencies, but working with HP and Dell and, and others, and then bringing in some outside expertise to make sure that we're capturing the latest in those in those laptop to desktop areas. Right. Okay. And we have about a minute left. So I just want to, I know you mentioned there's 140 contractors and, you know, I think it was about 120 of them are small businesses or so. Is that it's right? about a hundred. Yeah. So and about 80% okay. of our dollars goes to small businesses at this point. Okay. So that of that, so about 8 billion of the 10 billion yeah. or so. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, you answered my question before I even got to ask it, Joanne. So that's great. We've done and, this before. <laughs> yes, we have. Uh, you've done it many times. Um, so, what you know, and I think what I'd like, uh, what we could do when we come back is talk a little bit about the program management office and its role, um, mm-hmm. supporting both industry and you know the customer agencies and how all that little bit works. And then we'll turn to I know you have a had a scrim forum. Uh, recently, and I'd like to hear a lot about that. Interesting, because you, your your program and you have been a leader in in that area as well. Uh, okay. When we come back, we can start those conversations. My guest today is Joanne Wojtek. She is the NASA Soup Program Director. I'm Roger Waldron, and you're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. I'm Roger Waldron. My guest today is Joanne Wojtek. Joanne is a NASA Soup Program Director, and uh, you know, we're focusing on the, the oldest and most successful in terms of dollar volume and customers, probably customer satisfaction as well, uh, ITGWAC in government. And, um, you know, Joanne, that, that success is built on, you know, a foundation of strong management, strong program management office, and I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about like the roles and functions in supporting your customer agencies and industry as you manage this contract that, like, as you said, how, how many items do you have that are available through this contract again? 
three and a half million unique items. Uh, yeah. And we change you, and I didn't mention it, but we change 11,000 of them every day. So um, yeah. it's, it's uh, quite, a, quite a large collection. That's quite a, yeah, that's a, that, I don't know what, that's quite a, a ballet or something, like to coordinate <laughs> all those things and have them all work together. Um, anyway, could you talk about your program management office? Sure. So the, the CPMO is, is the NASA office that, uh, that oversees the contracts and, and, and how they're utilized. Our, our main focus, on, and I think part of what makes us uh, so successful is we don't focus on, we're not there to be a contract. We're there to be a program that manages the contract. And it's, it's a subtle difference between saying, I'm, you know, I'm a soup contract with a soup program. Um, our, our, our mission is to inform our customers, which is both industry and government, uh, and to assist them in making the IT acquisition easier. The contract happens to be the vehicle upon which we utilize it, but it's not, you know, that's not our focus. Our focus is how, you know, using that contract and then making it better for, for our customers. So extremely customer focused arena from, from this, from the start with soup, uh, almost 30 years ago, I guess actually it is 30 years ago now, February 93 was the uh, soup one. Um, so, so that, that's been a big balancing act for us. Um, we, we have been fortunate in, in, in NASA. We recently, we moved into the ITPO, IT procurement office, um, uh, for NASA, um, and are receiving both the, more support within NASA itself in terms of procurement world, um, but also in terms of the program, um, and, and being able to grow it within the government part. And then also as, as we've grown as a, as a program, our staffing is now reaching up to about 130 staff um, wow. that, that covers a broad range of technical and customer ex- expertise, industry outreach. Uh, we're always looking for how can we um, better improve that communications. Communications is always a key um, because the more information that we can provide in the best way possible makes it uh, hopefully, hopefully makes it easier for both industry and government to then uh, perform their acquisitions. We don't do acquisition. We're not an assisted acquisition vehicle. Um, we don't do policy. We don't do those sorts of things. What we do is we help customers. We help them find assisted acquisitions if they need it uh, from other agencies. We help them understand the policies. And we help, as, as we'll talk about with Scrum, um, we, we, we help um, understand the, those policies. But you know, it, it, it's, it's knowing our place in the world. And then fitting into it as that mediator between industry and government that that really makes this office uh, tick and really well. So you you do provide information. It sounds like on you know what's the current policy, why certain certain things when a customer comes to you to understand how your contract works. Um, you share all that and share best practices and you know provide feedback on strategies and that sort of thing. Is that part of what you do? Yes, and 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 we, we and we mediate a lot. Um, you know, mediation can be you know sometimes because you know, something's really bad. It just you know understanding you know when there's a when there's something that the government industry just doesn't understand. How can we help them along? Um, we don't we don't pur- purport to know every way that something may work, but we know um, it's kind of the best practices, uh, the recommendations you can provide, um, and then also you know and then we we do play a role within the broader spectrum with OMB and the other GWACs of making sure that we all understand the different policies and how to how to make them work. And there's certainly been a lot of acquisition policies over the past few years. Um, and we've actually now have policy people on staff to um, 
yeah, I used to always look at policy as something I could kind of, you know, let fly and it would be a clause in a contract. And I think many of us did. Um, it has become much more of an active part of acquisition um, and, and making sure that we're, we're um, that we are either addressing it at the program or contract level or helping our customers address it at the order level. Right. So um, I guess the, the other thing that I wanted to ask before we turn to um, supply chain risk management and your forum is the dynamic catalog and just, you know, that, and that, that to, to me, that's that 11,000 items that change out every day. Is that right? Or what yes, you can talk yes. a little about how you structure that and what's so, available so the, for customers to see. Yeah. So the, there's two, there's, there's two pieces that, that are, you know, that work together. One is the dynamic part. That's always been a part of, of soup, as I like to point out in 93, that, that dynamic, dynamic piece was uh, once a month having a piece of paper given to us. Um, and is now done electronically um, every second of every day almost. It seems like uh, we're getting requests for changes and we have an a, um, automated system. The basic idea of soup in general um, is if a customer needs an IT requirement that's in scope, the question they have to ask is not, um, is it on soup? But they just simply have to ask for it. And then the contract holders will see what the customer is asking for through an RFQ process. They will then either have the items on contract, you know, we have three and a half million products on. So it could be on contract, or if it is not yet on contract, um, they can go out and, and obtain the information they need to ask for it to be added. Um, that that addition from our point of view uh, takes less than a day and typically less than an hour um, to add as long as it's 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 a correct item uh, within within the scope and pricing and, and other structure of suit. Um, and, and once it's added to the contract, then it, be, then it can be quoted. So you don't allow quoting unless items are added to the contract and, and vetted by the government and then verified. Uh, it's a very tight system. Uh, it's a semi-automated system. So we rely on, on certain you know, knowledge of, of how things work in the past, but then a, a person has a chance to go back and review what's being added. Um, so it's, it, it's very dynamic. It's really cool for that. Uh, the problem that we have is that the dynamic part doesn't answer the question from an agency that says, but I just want to know that Everybody from my agency is buying these types of printers. Can you make sure that, that that's what they you have on contract? And that's where we get into um, what we, we are now calling strategic catalogs, um, where an agency can set up an, an area within that dynamic piece and say, no, don't keep changing every day. Here's what I want on. Have it on the contract. And then the customers can find it. So it's a hybrid now of, of dynamic when needed, but static when, when the strategy of, of, of an agency or a group is to um, to know in advance that, that it will be there for them to buy. Right. So you ta- you theoretically you tailor that for that particular age so that they see this is what I'm supposed to buy, right? From a right. right. That's again responding to your customers' needs, right? From yes. from that perspective. Yeah, quickly. Um we have about a minute left, so we should just you know, at least introduce the discussion. I, you know, NASA Soup, and I know you have been one of the leaders in you know focusing on supply chain risk management. You know, you did some, you've done some in the past, some you, some sort of leading things in your contracts to address some of the those, these you know supply chain issues. Um, so, talk about your you know what you guys do there, and then your and and sort of introduce your forum, and we can talk more about it. And then the next segment. Mm-hmm. And eventually we'll get to talking about, you know, the future and NASA Soup 6. But go ahead with 
uh, we, we have about, again, yes. about a minute left. So real quickly, uh, we, we have definitely been involved in supply chain for a long time. We, we participated, uh, we actually participate in a um, international standards group called Open Group. Um, they do a number of standards, um, and one of them is supply chain. Um, they, uh, we worked on the group that um, developed with ISO 20243, which is a standard to try to reduce risk, uh, the risk of counterfeit and taming in the supply chain. Um, and then we've also taken the lead within the government of bringing together groups that uh, at, at forums, especially over the past year, we've had three of them, where it's not a, it's not a soup event. It's not about the soup contracts. We feel that, that as a program, again, we're not just a contract, but as a program for the government, we want to make sure that, that important topics like supply chain risk management are discussed not, not for one part of it, but for all, all. So trying to get together CISA and NIST and ODNI and, and NASA and, um, and other agencies and, uh, and bring them into a forum to, to talk about some of the key subjects relating to IT supply chain risk management. Um, and that's just a, uh, to test both a payback to, to the government for, 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 what, you know, for our program, but also we then have a better understanding ourselves what the ecosystem of that policy and, and concerns are about. So um, it's been a mutually, I think, beneficial uh, right. having these types of forums. And Joanne, when we come back from the break, we'll talk a little bit about some of those conversations and what what has been learned and what you've learned from those forums focusing on supply chain risk management. Um, my guest today is Joanne Wojtek. She is the NASA Soup Program Director. I'm Roger Waldron. You're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. I'm Roger Waldron. My guest today is Joanne Wojtek. She is the NASA Soup Program Director. And I and Joanne, I meant to say something. You know, when you were describing your your functions as a program as opposed to a contract, I I just kept thinking. Hence the title, your title, NASA Soup Program Director, not mm -hmm. NASA Soup Director or whatever. But it is a program. Um, yes. Yeah, I, you know, I, that's one of the big takeaways. Just it's, it's a holistic approach to supporting customer agencies and providing access to industry um, IT. Um, so, again, you, you we finished the last segment talking a little bit about supply chain risk management and the forums um, that uh, you've helped to set up and, you know, and bring all kinds of different stakeholders together. Uh, I guess your most recent one was in January, towards the end of January of this year. Um, can you talk a little bit about you know, the conversations and takeaways from that, uh, from both government and industry participants? Sure. Um, yeah, so we had a, a two-day um, meeting in, at the end of January here in D.C. Um, and as I, as I mentioned in the, in the previous segment, that, that we're, we're, our goal is to bring together the, some of the key folks involved in supply chain and not just talk to it as if, you know, as if I'm, I'm the expert, I'm not. And I, I, nobody quite is. It's such a broad uh, category, uh, but to bring um, NIST and 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 um, CISA and ODNI and 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 other participants, um, GSA and others, and then also we brought an in industry this time. Um, and oh, and then one of the one of the big changes we did, and something that I've uh, encouraged it, it, in previous types of events that that NASA has been on, is we brought in actually different. Um, 
groups, uh, uh, industry um, groups that are working on um, on supply chain. So that this might have been one of the few times when when a group uh, like Open Group that we did a panel of industry uh, advisory groups, essentially or industry standards groups, to talk about how they uh, see it from the industry point of view. I don't know that the government uh, and you know CGP, uh, uh, this coalition group, government procurement, is certainly one of those groups that that we may not always recognize as a good opportunity to hear a um, industry from a, a centralized view. I don't want to say view, but bringing together opinions um, that the government should hear. I'm really big, especially when I talk about supply chain, that the government has to listen to industry and industry has to talk to government. So part of our goal in those in these recent forums is to get industry more involved and to hear from them. Uh, because if government just makes policy for supply chain that... <laughs> doesn't match for how industry works. Um, it's, it's, it's not going to be really uh, good for either side. So yeah, um, I want to make sure that, that conversation is going on. Right. Um, you know, from that particular meeting, other meetings, how is that sort of translating into how you're thinking about your, your program and how it addresses supply chain risk management? Um, well, I, 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 I don't, I don't know if it has, because I'm so involved, it's hard to separate out what what I know sure. from those things sure. versus. Sure. Uh, yeah, it, it, we we are we have been heavily involved from the beginning. So so clearly we you know we've had we had in suit five. I'm thinking probably in suit four even supply chain put in there. We we do a lot with industry already. Um, I, I see it more as us bringing it out to others of how to interact both inside and outside the government um, at this level. Um, I, I, you know, we're, we, we could, we could be a leader in our own little box, but I want to be a leader within, you know, outside of our box is, is how I look at this. Um, I, I do, um, I, I do better understand some of the, uh, by having these discussions and hearing them, I can hear more from industry and government, uh, other places in government as to where they're dealing with issues and how, again, what, what can we do? We can. We can learn more to inform our customers. We can't learn more to change the policy, but we can learn more so that when somebody makes a statement about a NIST standard, which is really a NIST guideline, it makes a difference um, to understand that or a policy from from somebody who's actually just a recommendation. And even hearing those and knowing that that conversation is going on, we can then at soup better inform those customers. Here's here's what's really happening. Um, you know, I've had questions like. Do we make sure that everybody making this product is an American? Well, that's not a policy. Right, <laughs> that may be right. a goal for some people, but you know it's hard. It's hard to do that in the world of IT. So if we don't understand what is reality, we can't answer the question that a customer who's confused by policies um, comes to us with that may not sound reasonable, but are in their mind because that's you know this is so much. Um, mixture of, of ideas going on out there, um, right. the better we can inform ourselves, we can inform others. I suppose one of the challenges too is the supply chain is always evolving or even, and then you have COVID that identifies or as a result of it, you find out vulnerabilities that you didn't think about in the supply chain that all these folks are thinking about now. Um, that, you know, that, that must be one of the biggest challenges, the fact that things you know, in the in the commercial market, change so quickly. Well, and also, what what does supply chain mean? I mean, you just brought up that right, supply chain. Yeah. A lot of people it can be, you know, can can I get my product? Others is the vulnerability. For some, is the IT aspect. Um, there are you know, it's a, such a broad term, and people throw it out often 
without like finding what it is and, and that is and i i just did that myself in discussing supply chain sure, yeah. um, so 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 we, we we tend to use shorthand that somehow sometimes um handcuffs our ability to really discuss the the actual issue we're trying to solve so definitions are always important and, and looking forward i know i think you know it's I think there's about 11 different FAR cases that touch on this that are in process. I assume that's something that you will be watching closely to see how it impacts your programs and what it means for the conversations with all these different stakeholders. Right. And that's, and that's in fact, why in the past year we, we've added a new staff person just to do policy for us because it, it's become that important to to be up and, and, and knowledgeable and have somebody who can spend time talking to, you know, not just internally, but to OMB and GSA and others you know, dealing with the FAR. How are they dealing with it? How can we assist and, and what can we learn from them? Right. So, well, now we have a couple minutes left in this segment. So we we should now turn to the discussion of uh, NASA Soup 6. And uh, I guess, first of all, where where are you in the timeline? I know you've had a couple different industry days. Um okay. What else have you done with uh, currently with regard to outreach to the public? All right, so um, we're two and a little more than two years away from the end of Soup Five, um, and as I've always told people, it takes about two and a half to three years to do this. And in fact, if you look at it, it's probably been ten years. We've been working on Soup Six because you kind of start working even before the previous one is out. Um, but we, we've really been getting work, working uh, diligently in the past six months on on the draft. Um, on the, well, first of all, on the strategy, um, and and so we had two reverse industry days: one on the west coast, one on the east coast. Uh, included a bunch of one on ones. Also included an open forum for asking questions. Um, those the the outcome of those reverse industry days in terms of the slides we presented and the questions and answers are all posted on the Soup website soup.nasa.gov, sewp.nasa.gov, and there's a link to Soup6. On there, you can pull down, anybody who's public can pull down um, what was presented and what questions were asked and how we answered them from the government's point of view. It's all part of the market research process. Um, that's very much where we're at now is is finalizing our, our, our strategy for, for NASA approval and then uh, creating a draft RFP to hopefully be out in the summer of this year. Um, to obtain even more interaction from from industry and questions and making sure that we're going to get this right uh, from the start in terms of you know, putting together a really uh, strong RFP and get really strong proposals back from business. Right. And you know what? That's a perfect place to stop. And we can talk about some of the things you're thinking about or examining or exploring with regard to NASA Soup 6 when we come back for the last segment. Uh, my guest today is Joanne Wojtek. She is a NASA Soup Program Director. I'm Roger Waldron, and you're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. I'm Roger Waldron. My guest today is Joanne Wojtek. Joanne is a NASA Soup Program Director. Um, this segment, uh, we're going to continue our conversation as uh, as to the future of the NASA Soup Program and NASA Soup 6. Um uh, and Joanne, I know you, you you mentioned the industry days that you've had and and some of the outreach that you've been doing. Um, can you you talk about your contract? It's thirty. Your program, excuse me, is thirty years old. Um, the contract 
habits that you've had in place has evolved over time. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? And then, you know, what are some of the things you're thinking about or evolutionary sort of things that might, might be considered for the, for the NASA soup six? Yes. Thank you. So the soup, so NASA, as, as we go through the different soup iterations, we always spend a good amount of time looking back at, at what happened in the previous iteration, how our, and particularly how our customers, um, uh, and, and technology have evolved and changed in, um, in, in what they are looking for. Um, we saw this, especially from soup four to soup five, um, in two big areas. One was, I mentioned earlier, we went to, to tracking all the information. Well, that actually came out of a discussion I had with, with the God, the God of CIO at the time. And I, and I asked, do you want us to track everything? And he said, yes. So I said, okay, well, we'll do that. So, and that was a major change. We also listened to our, our one of our main customers was VA. So we added health IT um, very specifically. And, and then we also kept hearing about more services, more services. Um, I, I was still at that time a little reluctant to go too far down that road. Um, and, and so we went to a, uh, but we evolved into a product-based services, uh, which, which is still pretty uh, open in terms of what can be done in Soup5. Uh, but there are limitations both in the scope and, and the way the contracts are designed. So, um, so it didn't quite hit hit the mark, but it, 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 it's always a discussion between our, um, our customers, looking at what industry is doing, and then looking at what we can do ourselves um, within NASA. That's also a, a, an iteration part of it, um, and and we use those transition times, the the four to five, and now the five to six to um, reevaluate. Do we have the right scope? Can we are there places that we need to increase um, or, or clarify? Um, and do we have the right types of, you know, the contracts set up? Um, so one of my prime examples, it's always a fun one because um, everybody knows about drones. And and I very specifically in C5 said nope to, to drones um, and have been taking a lot of, well, why not? Why not? Um, so we will be very explicitly allowing it to happen in C6 so that I don't have to keep answering that. However, they will be informational, sensor-based drones, not, you know, uh, military drones. Um, that was part of my concern. I think I have the right wording now to... Uh, to make sure that right. you're in the right area. Yeah, that's it. That's always an issue. I remember when I was at GSA, there's certain things that were exclusively the domain of the Department of Defense to procure, right? So yes. yeah, yeah, to have to address those. You're looking at a draft potentially this summer. Um, how you know? How are you? Are you looking to have that engagement? Um, with the public, with industry, around the draft? Um, and then kind of what's the timeline? Do you, do you anticipate the final uh, RFP coming out again? Um, right. So so right now we're, we're not in, we don't have any formal methodology um, going into the draft, although we can always, you know, we're always willing to look at any any information that comes to us. We we just had an event yesterday uh, to, to learn about some, some feedback and questions from industry, and we have many others going on. Um, so there's those interactions. Um, there will be there there is a soup help that soup .gov, which is the this regular soup helpline. Um, if something comes in and says soup six, of course we make sure that it goes to the group that's working on that. Um, but the primary focus for feedback will be when the draft comes out. Um, we use a um, NASA developed a soup developed uh, application that um, that allows anybody, but primarily industry, to go in and pick any section, do a do a comment about that section, or do a comment in general, 
about and and ask a question and and then we uh, we we make it so it's easy to find the questions that go with the section. Um, it's it's proven in the past, and I think we've been using it for Super Three and Super Four and Five. Um, that it really helps that discussion go on um, via question and answering, and um, really encourage everybody to watch for that when when it, the draft comes out in the summer of this year. Um, if that goes well, and then in the fall of this of of twenty twenty three, we'll we'll be having an industry day, um, unlike the reverse industry day where we were just looking for industry to tell us what they thought. We will, of course, then be able to talk about the draft RFP, um, talk more about the strategy, um, still answer questions at that forum in the fall, um, coming coming to the point where sometime in 2024, um, I don't know exactly what the, what the timeline is going to be, but in 2024, with a year to go, we'll, we'll put out the RFP. We want to leave plenty of time to make sure we get this right. Um, and um, and of course, that will then be the closed RFP and proposal process that's typical in the government. So that draft RFP is a big step because it's, I think, right, it's going to communicate yes. your thoughts on adding, you know, additional services, the scope, professional services. And also, do you plan on providing insight and in some drafts of how you're looking at doing the evaluation as well as part of that? Right. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah, the draft is everything. So um, we, we, know that there are lots of uh, RFPs that have been out there in the past few years. Uh, we have spent a lot of time in, in developing our, our strategy to look at what others have been doing um, and pulling from them. There'll be lots of DNA from different pieces of the, of the procurement world that you'll see in the draft. Um, and yes, the scope will include more services. Um, so we want to make sure that we have hit our mark right there because it's the first you know, major foray into the service area for soup. Um, and then, and then there will be a, I, I can well. I think I can say that it, there will certainly be a, a new methodology for evaluation than we have done in the past. Um, yeah, people can certainly look at Soup Five, but I would recommend that it's been it's been eight years. It's been a lot of changes. Um, wait till the draft comes out. Um, we're going to have um, I think some some new and better ways of of performing what we've done, learning from ourselves, but also learning from what others have done. So I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a, a fascinating time to get the draft out there and hear what people have to say about it. And what, another question that you know we get all the time, that I get all the time, is about like, what about CMMC? What, what does that mean for these government-wide contracts? How do you see um, that impacting like the the future NASA Soup Six? Well, just in general, I don't like the idea of. I've never liked the idea, and I think we did it once or twice early on in Soup, of saying, um, this is a standard that some of you have, and so just tell us that you're going to get it. Uh, it doesn't really mean anything. So if, if the standard isn't ready, if it isn't widely being uh, accepted and, and followed and, and, and evaluated and accredited, it's not worth putting into the at the RFP level because I, it doesn't mean anything yeah. if, if you can't enforce it by saying you have to be. Um, so we're only, yeah, we tend to only rely on on standards that we know people are actually able to meet um, in the time frame that we're either half met or can't meet within that time frame. CMMC is still too, um, you know, it seems to me to be pretty um, not yet stabilized <laughs> in that regard. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's a fair way to say it. Not yet stabilized. I like that. <laughs> um, but that would be something that, you know, just like a lot of all these, con- like even your contract, it evolves over time and that becomes something that customers 
require, right. they're going to look to your contract to see if people have it, right? Yeah, and that, that's another point is the, the CMMC is primarily DOD. We don't tend to yeah. put DOD-specific requirements in our contract. We leave that to the ordering agency. And, right. and you know, we may put variations of DOD requirements in, but, but we are NASA, so we, we tend to focus on, on those specifically at the contract level and at the order level deal with the agency's specific right. requirements. So they'll be looking to see if that's a requirement, you know, your contractors will have to have it, right, regardless right. at the end of the day. So we got about a minute or so left. And I know as you're moving forward, um, you know, this past year, um, you know, one of the leaders of your program, Darlene Cohen, uh, retired. Um, I think at the end of last year, I think she was your deputy. Um, yes. Kenya and a longtime um, contributor, professional, acquisition professional, can you talk a little bit about the contributions um, she made to your program and to your team, as well as just um, the procurement community generally? Hard to summarize it all in a minute. It's just such a great uh, uh, amount of, of, of goodness that she brought to, as you mentioned, not just to the program, but to the community at large. Um, she was with Stoop for 17 years, first as our, our contracting officer for, um, for Zoom 4. Um, and then, and then um, she was hired as the deputy. Um, it's a, it, it's a very, I think, a somewhat unique role that she filled, and she filled uniquely well in a way that we were not able to actually. I, I can imagine that we could ever ever have directly, you know, substitute for. Um, she she brought so much knowledge and experience and hard work, not just in a procurement, but but policy. We talked about that in working with. Um, with the other agencies and bring uh, bring us closer into the the mix with OMB and, and what they are working on and and to understand how that that interaction can better work. Um, she led our, our our strategy team that um, used to be called Fast. We just changed it to Start, but the the basic concept being um, rather than only looking at our our government customer who's buying something, but also looking at the government agencies that need that that determine policies for their agencies that determine acquisition strategies, talk to the CXOs of the world. She took that on and, and did a major job of that. I think a great deal of our, our success over the past 10 years in particular was due to the work that she put in to build that team up. And and now that she's gone, I get to see um, more closely than ever how what a great foundation she brought with that team and the, and the folks that, that that she taught, you know, how, you know, uh, develop into this um, the strategy team. So, um, her, her knowledge, uh, people would often think that, and, and you know, she got kind of say, they, they think I know more than they, you know, when they do. I'm like, well, you do. Okay. Uh, that was always a conversation with her. It was, it was, uh, it was she was surprised and, and she'd walk into a room and she'd always be the smartest person in that room. And that, that's, a, that's a great, great person to have as a deputy. <laughs> Somebody who can walk in and, you know, hey, man, this is person is going to either, either, either be the smartest or, or be the smartest, even knowing what they don't know and knowing how to interact in that way. It's not that, not being the smartest and always knowing, oh, I know it all, but right. no, I don't know it all. And she she knew where those boundaries were, so that um, so that the program could could leverage that. Um, and and I think the government did uh, did gain a lot from that also. Right. So I have to say, and she was uh, um, a great representative of the NASA Soup program. You know, the number of times she spoke to the Coalition for Government Procurement, either at committee meetings or at the conferences. Um, always people always wanted to hear what Darlene had to say. 
um, yes. and appreciated the the insights, the thoughtful approach to things, and and the balanced approach to things. So yes. you know, so definitely, um, yeah, she's uh, she's. Uh, those, those are big shoes to fill for you, Joanne. To find someone as your deputy, well, well, we, right? we, and, we, and we we filled them by finding multiple people, and we're still not filled, we haven't quite filled it yet. And and, yeah. and that and so we have a, a replacement. George uh, Nickel uh, is is re- the replacement, but we actually have. I could point to Andrea Ross, the CEO now, at, at right? Um, and some other folks, and Teresa Kenny, my other deputy. We've all had to kind of gather together because it wasn't. A, I couldn't find one person to fill those. Well, that speaks volumes. So anyway, so Joanne, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, again, I want to thank my guest, Joanne Wojtek, the NASA Soup Program Director. I'm Roger Waldron. You've been listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Network. You've been listening to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement on Federal News Network. Tune in Tuesday mornings at 11 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.